0: Chapter Thirty-Two of From Mud to Mufty by Bruce Baron's father. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirty-Two. Start for American Front. Common Sense Methods. Neufchateau. A cordial welcome. I think perhaps I was keener on going to this front than any. The arrival in Europe of a vast army of our own kith and kin from over three thousand miles away was a great and wonderful event and what was no small consideration in my case, I was going amongst soldiers who spoke my own mother tongue. Moreover, the American army was taking over the most romantic part of the whole French battle line, Alsace-Lorraine. All ways to the front run through Paris, at least all fronts except the British, and consequently I found myself once more in the French capital, thus making the eleventh time I had crossed the channel. Back at the old Guerre du Nord, and a lonely night or two in Paris. I reported at the headquarters of the American Intelligence Department in the Rue St. Anne off the Avenue de l'Apre, and there received intelligent consideration and answers, which somehow one expects but does not always find in an intelligence department. The American staff officers were most courteous, and without any loss of time explained how I was to get to my destination. Going to the American front was made the easiest thing in the world if you were authorized to go, and your mission was genuine. The American methods are direct and to the point. Common sense is turned on rapidly and clearly, and a decision, one way or the other, arrived at without a month or two of passed for necessary action. I left Paris for the railhead most suitable for my ultimate destination, which was Gondrecourt, and made very much the same journey that I had taken before when going to Verdun we passed through bar and trickled along a desolate line of rails until we reached the dull-looking war-worn town known as Gondricor. This was an American railhead, and this was my first sight of the American army. There were a few of these children of the West hanging about the station, and I could feel at once the type of soldier they were. My first big impression of America in our European war, and an impression I still retain, is that they seemed to jump in at the point which it had taken us four years to get to. Within a week of landing, they looked as if they had been in the war since 1914. They wallowed off into the mud, misery, and destruction without any amateurish-looking deportment. The men at the station were probably waiting around for the arrival of military stores or something of that sort, whilst, of course, the collection comprised one or two military police, which you find anywhere. All fine, healthy-looking men, a hint of what I was to see later. A car was waiting for me at the station, and in I got, with my baggage. We drove off toward Neufchateau, which was at that time the headquarters of one of the first American divisions to arrive in France. The chauffeur had been told where to take me, so I lay back behind my suitcase and half under a rug and looked out at the scenery. A very grey, bleak country, undulating and desolate now and again we would flash through a muddy dilapidated village frightening a lot of hens causing a pig or two to stare or some man or woman to pause in his or her work to gaze at us we had several miles of this sort of thing to do but finally we topped a rise and began a descent on a winding road into Neufchateau. everywhere now were signs of the american army rows of motor lorries on the road groups of soldiers men working on the telegraph and telephone lines at the side men standing around their billets, a general busy confusion getting thicker and thicker as we approached the town. We reached the main street and reduced our speed as we wandered our way through the mass of soldiers moving about in the narrow Old World Street. Here I was now, right amongst the Americans. First impressions, big, strong, healthy, cheerful, with all the effective cowboy looks, strap of hat behind their heads, and the familiar large felt hat. I felt at once, I shall be all right here. Driving down the main street, we at length turned up a still narrower lane and reached a market square with the inevitable statue in the middle. Turning out of this square, we descended a hill and came at last to a hotel. Of course, the word hotel is absurd, but the proprietor's feelings might possibly be hurt if I had described it as anything else. A room had been booked for me here. My bags were dragged in, and I went to this room. It was only one stage better than the hotel at Cockside, but had the advantage of not being shelled or living in fear of a shelling. You can have no idea of how much nicer a hotel is when there is no prospect of a few 5.9s coming through the roof during your stay. My bedroom was a plain uncarpeted room, no fireplace, and a plain yellow wood bed. A candle furnished the only illumination. I sat on the bed and surveyed the situation, after which I unpacked and dug myself into the room as much as possible. After repeated imprecations down the staircase, a young but portly Alsatian girl brought up some hot water and placed it in an enamel tin basin. Whilst I was having a wash and a brush-up, there was a knock at the door, and on opening it I found an officer from the press censor's office, who gave me a message from the divisional general. The general had very kindly asked me to dine with him that night i was very tired but still of course i decided at once to accept this hospitality and consequently prepared myself to go the officer told me how to get to the headquarters and by dinner-time i reached the place the general was most cordial and hospitable i have seldom met a nicer man and several times after this i had the privilege of being taken by him round the sites in his area He, of course, had a group of staff officers around him, and they were in every way the most friendly group I have ever met. They gave me permission to do everything I liked in the divisional area. The general talked a lot about my pictures. He had a collection of them all, and was most interested in my war-wanderings and the adventures I had met with. He was only just recovering from an attack of pneumonia, and this worried him considerably as it prevented him from being as active as he wished altogether a most kindly and genial headquarters. I wish all were like this one. I explained exactly what I had to do and how I liked to do it. They did everything in their power to assist. The general told one of his ADCs to go with me next day and to show me as far as possible over the various component parts of his divisional area. Late that night I left the headquarters and wended my way back to my old hotel. I mounted the creaky stairs, Entered my bleak, cold room, and crept into bed. End of chapter thirty two. Recording by Philip Gould.